0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much Musical. This is the second part in the three-part series with Mr. Tom Pike, who is a college counselor and professor. In this episode, we talked to Mr. Pike about his recently launched startup, Jump Education, and how it is accelerating students' education from high school to college and getting them started in community college early to get them accustomed to taking college-level courses at an early age. Feel free to hear more right after this. this is high school not so much a musical a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey here are your presenters natanjala and ayush agarwal
1: okay so i want to like reorient back to what jump education does for like children so like obviously we know you have this um company but could you talk about what it would do for like for example an eighth grader who might be wanting to go to like college or community college directly and like instead of like, while skipping high school, like going from eighth grade to community college and skipping high school. So like, what would Jump Education do to help out like someone in that position?
2: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thanks Rishi. Um, we're, we're having a, a challenge um, as, a, as a new startup in that the educational environment across our country is um, not consistently applied. So for instance, how a student, how an eighth grader might access uh, early college in Oregon um, could be quite different than how they might access it in California or North Carolina or Florida and different districts within California apply kind of early college or offer early college opportunities in different ways. So to answer that question, um, I'll answer that question as as an eighth grader in Oregon Um, might uh, go about accessing early college. And then I'll talk also about how it can be done in different places in the country. And JUMP Education will be providing um, consulting services to people all over the country about how to do it in their individual area. So in Oregon specifically, um, there's predominantly two ways to do it. One is um, using public charter schools so there's a number of charter schools in, um, in every state, and, and some of them have early college programming built into them. So in Oregon, there's probably a dozen charter schools that offer early college programming. And what that, what that means is if you're, say, an eighth grader, and um, rather than going on to a traditional high school, you decide to um, enroll in a public charter school, it could be one that's in your town, So, you actually go to that campus and take classes. Um, It could be a remote location where you're doing online education. Um, Those charter schools, uh, generally, when you're coming in as a ninth grader um, in Oregon, um, will not have you, they they don't have a pathway for you to begin like full time coursework at a community college. You'll have to prove yourself with a high school curriculum they offer maintain uh, a certain grade point average it ranges it could be a you know a 3.3 grade point average in some schools and it could be a 2.3 in others um, and once you achieve those kind of markers and have passed a certain amount of college class or i'm sorry high school classes then they will start kind of slowly weaving you into the community college environment with, and that might be Uh, It it starts with taking the class I teach at my community college. One of them is called College Success. And um, they will have that, usually it's around a 10th grader who will start with the college course or the college success course on the community college campus. And so they will take that, they'll do, they'll probably do fairly well. And then they'll slowly, you know, maybe they'll give them a math class and a writing class the next term on the college campus while they're maintaining like one class in high school and then typically by their junior year by by the 11th grade, they will be um, attending full time community college classes and no classes at the high school through the charter school and the charter school will be advising those students um, giving them academic advising so that the classes they're taking at the community college are double counted um, towards high school credit as well so This is one of the phenomenal advantages of early college in that um, being dually enrolled like that in a community college and a high school, um, you'll get get to count that class twice. So not only are you earning a high school diploma, you're earning a year or two of community college coursework for free because the tuition for the community college uh, courses are being paid by your public education dollars uh, being channeled through that charter school so you know jump education is advising families on how to do that what charter schools might be the best fit for them um, and in other states for instance California um, has community college districts uh, in San, in the San Diego area and, and probably elsewhere we're still figuring out California it's a big state um, they have uh, they have charter schools down there that have early college program, but they also have um, basically if you're in high school and uh, you can either, a lot of people decide if they wanna do the early college programming, they'll register as a homeschool student. And so at that point, their parents are, are, and as a homeschool student, those community college classes are free. They're paid by the state as well. So it's up to the parents if they can have that level of involvement The parents can then basically create a high school um, uh, kind of course transcript that double counts those community college credits, reverse transfers them back to high school, and once again, earn a high school diploma and community college credit simultaneously and for free. So the two major paths that are offered around the country are, are both of those. One is either you're a homeschooled student and uh, you're getting free tuition uh, through the state or the district or sometimes through the community college itself as a homeschool student Um, so you're getting uh, dual enrolled double counted credits or you're doing it through a public charter school uh, and they give you really robust academic advising they give you a lot of career advising the charter school gives a lot of support that a homeschool student wouldn't get so jump education is going to be Um, you know, we only, we launched our website probably three or four months ago. Uh, and we're in the process of right now, um, our employees are researching, uh, different states around the country and finding, uh, the most efficient early college pathways to be offered and we'll be offering our services in those states as we learn more about them. Currently, uh, we're predominantly doing early college consulting in Oregon, since that's the state we know most, most about.
1: Okay, perfect. So I think that that gives us like a really good understanding of what Jump Education does. So just really quickly, could you explain what the potential benefits are of switching to a community college early instead of finishing high school? Absolutely.
2: Um, So there's a number of them. And, you know, let's start with the, the one, the reason I started Jump Education is that in the community college environment where I'm working, I saw an ex- exponential growth in high school students in my college success courses. You know, 10 years ago, there might be one person in that class, typically nobody in high school. Um, and then now, when I'm teaching a class, there's 25 students in it. There'll be five or six um, students that are high school aged going through a charter school um, and transferring or uh, transferring into the early college environment as a 10th or 11th grader. And what I noticed um, over the years was one, these students were uniquely mature. Um, I was intriguing and I, and I also meet with them and their, par- and their parents in my office as a, as a, you know, maybe providing academic advising or career counseling. And I was always profoundly affected by their maturity and also by how much farther ahead of their peers they were. Um, maybe they're an 11th grader and they're completing calculus or they're already done with two terms of English comp and compared to their high school counterparts, they were years ahead of them in maturity and um, and their academic progress. So, and then when I started reading their essays in my college success course, we we get to know each other very well and and write quite personal essays. And a lot of these students um, were really suffering in high school, predominantly socially, um they just weren't enjoying the social environment they were um maybe they saw through the kind of click kind of games that are played at public schools um, in that age group when you're in a uh, when you're in a just a classroom full of 16 year olds it's a very different animal than when you're in a mixed age classroom in a community college where there's two 16 year olds and you know anywhere from 20 years old, to 55 years old, mixed all over the place. There's not a social environment that's, um, that's kind of unhealthy in a community college environment. So I noticed with these students that they were super happy to be in community college and they'd really been hating high school. Um, some of them were just not liking high school because it was, they felt like it was full of busy work. Maybe they fit in fine socially, but they were just bored. They were like, you know what? in community college, we go through, you know, trigonometry in 11 weeks. And in high school, it takes us an entire year. And it's, it's, you know, once they learn a concept in high school, they report that they just get that concept driven into their head over and over when they don't need it. They've already learned that and they just want to move on. So some of the people, um, uh, some of the benefits to students are students that are maybe academic overachievers, if you want to call it that. And they're just tired of like, they feel like they're just passing time in high school um, until they can start their life when they see that as like entering college. Um, So one of the benefits is rather than sticking through high school and kind of being bored and losing interest, um, they're challenged and they feel like they're making meaningful progress in their lives. Whereas in high school, they didn't have that feeling they just felt like they were in a holding pattern um, so there's social benefits there's academic benefits um, and really my friends are telling me tom you you really need to focus on the financial benefits with with advertising what jump education um, is promoting and what early college does because the financial benefits are are extreme um, the average cost of attendance at a public university in the united states is about $25,000. So that's tuition and room and board predominantly. And it'll be about $25,000. That's a public institution. That's not even a, you know, a really elite school. Um, So every year that you can get completed uh, in early college for free um, while you're in high school saves you $25,000 in future, you know, expenses for higher education. So when a student, when an early college student finishes two years of, you know, finishes in a, an associate degree before graduating high school or simultaneously with graduating high school and then moving on to university, they've in fact saved themselves $50,000. And for a lot of families, that's a very meaningful number. Um, so the, the the main benefits, um, the three main benefits that, that exist for early college are those financial benefits, um, mental health benefits. Um, the community college environment is very accepting. And then the academic benefits, um, I, have, I really want to drive home the, a lot of times people are kind of concerned about, well, what if my high schooler goes to a, a community college classroom and there's all these different aged people with all these different life experiences. What are, what's my 16 year old going to be exposed to? You know, there's this concern about that. Um, And in reality, what they're exposed to is a classroom full of life experience, full of relevance. When there's a discussion in my class about, uh, you know, resilience, like there is a vast pool of, of experienced people with all kinds of resilience that they've developed over their lives. It's a very different discussion than, you know, as an 11th grader in a high school where there's not much life experience, so there's There's a much richer um, academic environment in a mixed age classroom. All the students are motivated to be there. They're paying to be there. In high school, uh, a recent uh, Gallup poll of five million students uh, in the US showed that in high school, only 25% of high school teens are actually engaged in their education. Three quarters of the students are not engaged. And what I hear from students that have done early college that i interview and that i know most of them say in high school even in an ap course half of the students don't want to be there so what happens is in a high school classroom and probably not at basis but at a at a general public educational environment when half the students don't want to be there or more the teacher has to manage a classroom environment that is challenging and they're not able to really focus on teaching what they're passionate about So the educational environment in high school is vastly different than in a community college. My son started community college after he finished eighth grade. He's been doing it for two years and he was socially very well accepted in in middle school. He was doing so-so academically, but he's like me, he's fairly social. So he wasn't really paying attention in class. So he was getting kind of like bees and not really knowing what was going on and was not inspired. Uh, he switched to community college as a ninth grader, and he kept he kept coming home saying, "You know, my teachers are so much better at the community college than they were in middle school." And I always was sure um, made sure to tell him, "You know, I actually don't think your teachers are better. The teachers in public school are great people, and they're doing a really good job, but they have a very challenging job." Where they're trying to teach to a classroom of kids that really don't want to be there and they're amongst their peers so they're not paying attention they can't really focus on teaching their passion whereas in community college what my son was experiencing was the teachers got to just focus on teaching english lit or whatever it was and they love teaching that and they could teach it and there's no classroom disruption the students are engaged it's just a phenomenally improved educational environment so those are, those are the main benefits. I mean, there's one other that I haven't mentioned and that's a time savings. When a student completes two years of community college classes while they're in high school, they've just saved two years of education out, you know, in their life. They can, they can go off and do a gap year and return and still be ahead of their peers that went to traditional high school. So there's also a, a time savings element. So there's financial time, mental health and academic benefits that are, that are available through early college opportunities.
0: Yeah. And one benefit I specifically wanted to point out there was kind of the time you save, because like you said, high school, they'll take an entire year to teach you some concepts that if you really wanted to, you could learn within a couple months. Like I've, for example, know, and I think Nathan knows this as well, that um, due to the virtual education last year, for a couple of our APs, we actually had to end up self-studying them. And uh, despite the AP class at our high school being the entire year, August all the way to May, we were able to start self-studying in March or February. And within those couple of months, we were able to learn all of the content with the, uh, and, and get enough practice to be ready for the APs uh, towards the middle or the end of May. So uh, I think there's definitely some big benefits to be stated there about the time and the financial savings. Um, If you could go more into depth about, do you think that high schools sometimes prolong uh, a class too long, like to the point where it's not needed? Like there's no reason to take, for example, as you mentioned, a full year of trig when you can learn that and get sufficient practice for it within a couple months. Like, do, do you think there's something to be said about instead of, you know, may, maybe keeping uh, high school classes a year long, maybe shortening them to half a semester or full semester and instead increasing the frequency for them, making maybe getting kids more exposure to real world practical uh, like situations in order to, you know, increase their understanding of how these concepts can be applied so they learn it faster like do do you think there's something to be said about shortening the length of classes at high schools?
2: Absolutely. I used I think that's a that's a really interesting idea. Um when I when I was meeting all these students in my classrooms and my office and realizing how far along they were academically uh compared to their traditional high school counterparts, I kept wondering like how is that possible? You know, these kids and the parents would say, you know, My kid goes, you know, to virtual school or whatever at nine in the morning and they're done at one or two. And that means they don't have homework the rest of the day either. They're done with their academics in like four or five hours. And then they're left with the entire rest of the day to pursue their passions, dive into music, whatever, whatever it is for them. And so what I realized over time was high school, traditional high schools in our country are inefficient. That's what's going on. They're not. There, when you're self-studying, like you were saying, um, or when you're studying something, when you're passionate about it, when you come into a stage in your life where you're naturally interest, interested in, in a subject, you're you're ready to learn that subject. You're passionate about it. You're going to absorb it like a sponge. When you're sitting in a Spanish language class or an English lit or whatever it is, and it's not the time in life that you're interested in that topic, it's just. Not going to be interesting, you're not going to be paying attention. And when they dragged, I, I was talking to one of my early college teams just a couple of weeks ago, and they said, you know, they were speaking specifically about Spanish language. And they said, you know, in high school um and middle school, they the, the say Spanish 101 would be taught for the entire freshman year or sophomore year, or whatever year it is. They said the following year when they went into Spanish 102. It would be a third of the year would be reviewing what they had done in spanish 101 and then the following year it would be once again reviewing the fundamentals over and over and she says that she doesn't feel like she's learned hardly anything because they just review every year for a large part of the of the year what they've already learned and so she feels like she's had the same course like three times and hasn't really gone on to advancing so she's having to take spanish language you know virtually with this woman in Guatemala in this small village who teaches for 6 dollars an hour and and she is a fantastic teacher her and her 11 year old son will just hang out and talk with you and she says she's learning so much more in an hour virtually with this woman from Guatemala than she does in a classroom environment so i think if i think that there's a real case to be made that it is inefficient in high school and and the amount of time that they're taking on a subject is you know i think what what they're i'm not sure why they do that actually um why do you think they do that do you think that's the truth
1: yeah so i can definitely go into like my personal experience with them and i usually probably understand this as well but spanish i like that you mentioned spanish because spanish is often like one of the hardest classes for the three of us at school because we're just so filled with learning about this normal STEM subjects that our brains just aren't wired to understand language and conjugations and learning all this kind of new stuff where we're kind of hardwired to take the stuff that we, that requires no actual application, just about putting the numbers in the formula and getting the answer. There's not much like brain that you have to use for it besides just knowing your numbers and how to apply them. So for Spanish, what I personally, The problem was, what I learned in eighth grade is what we're learning in eleventh grade now, and the whole first trimester was just covered with going over whatever we already knew, which was like the difference between Sarah versus a star. I I you can can vouch for me on that, but we're pretty much covering the same stuff every single year, and even till now where we're almost halfway through the second trimester. So basically halfway of the school year we're still talking about stuff that we were learning last year so when exactly does school come to a point where we're learning new stuff and this also has to do with calculus the ap program especially with ones that have joint courses like ap physics one or like the ap physics line and then there's also the ap calculus line because in ap calculus ab all of it is new content but in ap calculus bc 80 percent of the bc exam is AB. So you're relearning all of the topics over the course of a year, plus a little bit more, which is the BC curriculum. So kids are falling really behind in terms of time. They may be learning more content, but there's a lot of time that they're losing. Ayush, anything else to add?
0: No, I definitely agree. I think there were some great examples there, specifically about the Calc, AB, and BC. I think another example is um, AP micro and macro economics. So, Actually, sorry, not AP macro and microeconomics. Uh, micro it was AP government. So at our school, yeah. AP government takes an entire year. But I've heard it at some schools, it's only half a year. Uh, and I think that makes a lot more sense because although I did enjoy the AP government and politics class, I felt like it was a little bit extended in terms of, you know, it was an entire year for subjects that could easily be covered within uh, like four or five months. So that's another example. Thank you, Mr. Pike, for your amazing thoughts on how jump education and specifically accelerating a student's education to a college level early on is incredibly important in not only just developing their life skills and getting them accustomed to that pressure, but also getting them started early in searching for jobs and career opportunities. For the listeners, make sure you check out part three of this three-part series, which will be released next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you, and see you all
1: next time. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal and Nitin Jaladanki. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.